Good afternoon, and welcome to the Marketplace podcast. Oh, you can't say that because Marketplace has a podcast. Oh, that's right. So, Mark the Place. Yeah, but that's all right. Like so Just, what's happening, Carrie? Wow, it feels like that the time-space continuum and the 24-hour news cycle has been stretched over the last week to be like 36 hours in uh, in 24 hours. I, um, what happened? I missed everything. Yeah, I mean, every wall-to-wall coverage of uh, of the Kavanaugh hearings and that it was estimated 20% of Americans were tuned in at some point and people think that that's actually much higher. Um, but watching from Dr. Ford's testimony through to Judge Kavanaugh's uh, testimony, and it was, I, I've thought a lot about this and read a lot about it. Did you it. watch it live? I, I didn't. I no. watched, I didn't watch Dr. Ford. I was, because I just thought that. Because you have a job. Yeah, yeah and right. you just get really, you get kind of tied up in knots about it. And I wasn't quite sure um, what to expect either. And then I started, as I started to see stuff on Twitter, I started to, to tune in to watch it. But I guess I was really struck at, we're at the divide in this country. And um, and the question that I was asking myself was, what is this really about? Because this is far past a Supreme Court nomination and way beyond the politics of the moment, or maybe it just is the politics of the moment. But I thought this is the a real reckoning of um, of this po- of this divide that we feel in this country around red and blue, urban, rural, sort of everything. Um, and I just thought to myself, I don't know that I'm as a, as a public as a person as a citizen out there in the world i don't know that i'm equipped to to have any sort of make any decision about either what either person had to say it's a very complex issue but at its heart i think there's a couple of very simple things that i at least take away from this and so let's start with the, the first observation this is really not about them uh, Agreed. This, this goes on. This is part of a wider sense in which there's a complete polarization and breakdown. And essentially, no Democratic uh, nominee will ever be voted up again by a Republican or yes. vice versa. So, you know, if Kavanaugh wasn't the sort of like jerk that he seems to be, he would have had to been invented as such. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me give you a poll that just came out. A poll released on Wednesday morning by the nonpartisan Public Religion Research Institute. I have no idea if they're nonpartisan or not. I'm reading this. Uh, Asked a representative sample of Americans this question. If a political candidate has been accused of sexual assault by multiple people, would you still consider consider voting for them if you agreed with them on the issues, or would you definitely not vote for them? 56% of Republicans said they would consider voting for a candidate who had been accused by multiple people. Only 34% said they would not. By contrast, 81% of Democrats said they would not vote for such a candidate, and only 16% said they consider it. Now, let's take it away from the issue for a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And let's put on the table that I find it hard to believe that basically Republicans don't care about rape. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's true. I think what this is, is in the way that this has been channeled, Republicans will do anything that they can to stop Democrats. Mm-hmm. And Democrats are doing exactly the same to Republicans. Mm-hmm. And the system has completely broken down. So when we get involved in issues, for example, of due process, Someone's been accused of something, there's no material evidence, it's 30 years later. There are legitimate legal issues of different standards of evidence, etc., etc. But the minute that is raised, one is an apologist Mm -hmm. for one side or the other. 
So we're not talking about the thing. We're just using it as another cudgel to beat each other up with. And I think that that was illustrated with Senator Graham's just um, his impassioned, if we want to use that filibuster for, you know, 90 seconds about just screaming at Democrats and really and him saying, essentially, I'm never going to vote for another Democrat, another Democratic judge, uh, judicial nominee. Well, what about, Ka- I mean, to me, Kavanaugh disqualified himself for the job, not for any of the stuff that he has disqualified himself yeah. for the job from, in my opinion, but for one line. Uh, what goes around comes around. Yeah. I mean, the minute you just basically said that once you're in this job, you will make sure that anything that comes from this side of the house, you will veto. Mm-hmm. You will yeah. put down, you will not support. So you're exercising no judgment. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, you're just saying no, right? You don't need a judge to say no. You need a yeah. judge to think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and both parties are complicit in this, in that they are using this moment and this particular nominee and Dr. Ford as the continued divide in the country. And no one, there's no, in George W. Bush's word, there's no uniter here. And we're fundraising off from it. We're putting candidates up. We're fighting on this. Meanwhile, I and I do agree with Jeff Flake on this. It is tearing the country apart. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody watching it could turn off the TV or what and think, oh, I feel really good about what I just watched or no, what absolutely. I just heard. Exactly. And I mean, I guess that's the part that bothers me is no one's trying to say, but what is this really about? And can we have, uh, is there a moment where we can actually think about how to, in real life, talk to people who are, oh my God, don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But moving on, that wasn't yes. the only thing that was going on. What else was going there, on? There were some actual um, legislative maneuvers by the White House, and that is the new NAFTA called the USMAGA, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Yes. In other words, NAFTA. Yeah. So, so, so did you actually catch what's changed between and NAFTA? Um, I no, because I don't think there's a lot that changed. Um, well, apart from basically all the the Mexican side of the agreement boiled down to this: if you up the domestic content and guarantee a fifteen dollar wage for almost all the people who already qualify for doing this, pretty much nothing changes in cars. And we now get access to I think it's three point two five percent extra of the Canadian dairy market. Now, when you consider our farm bill, Mm -hmm. the subsidies that go into our farms, the size of the American economy, the fact that it's one of the world's largest agricultural producers and exporters, and the size of the Canadian market, and then take 3% of that, wow, this is a... a Storm in a teacup doesn't do it. Uh, Pig with a ribbon doesn't do it. I don't know. An ice cube at a bathtub? I mean... (laughs) What's the metaphor you used to describe this? I don't know. And yeah, it's a great victory. It's like, oh God, this is show and tell. It really is. So a tree fell in the woods back to our terrible and and we and we heard it. Maybe we shouldn't have. We we should not have heard heard it. it. But what else we heard about was the fact that China is interfering in our elections, not just the Russians. At UNGA, the UN General Assembly, another um, wait, what is the word for that? An acronym. Thank you. Another acronym for us to use. The president gives a press conference, and during that press conference, he then charges China with interference in our election, which is strange because, as far as we know, China has not interfered, and in fact, Russia has, but he didn't call out the perpetrator that we know to be true, and instead he calls out China. In fairness, what he was pulling on was the fact that China had brought out adverts in newspapers in areas that had been targeted by Chinese sanctions, essentially saying, hey, guys, you know, these tariffs that this guy's doing, you voted for him. Well, you know, right. you know, welcome to what you bring home. And um, President Trump calls that interfering in elections. 
Well, you know, it's also called, you know, I don't know, political advertising. Mm -hmm. It's also called an expression of voice, uh, admittedly from a foreign power. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, interesting one, but hardly interference in the sense we're used to. Well, and and in pivotal states like Iowa with his uh, farmers that he calls true patriots. He also, the president calls them his farmers and true patriots. So in these places where um, where it could matter too in terms of, in well, terms the thing of is, election I mean, he, returns. He, they're already basically doing side payments and bailouts for farmers that are affected. Yeah. So essentially it's just weird. You know, we spoke about this last time. What's the end game on this, right? At the end, the Chinese are genuinely confused because they're like, okay, let's it's come to the point. table and decide what you want. And they go, yeah. no, more yeah. tariffs. And you're yeah. like, Okay, but but why? Well, what is it you want? Well, we want all this stuff. It's like okay, so let's talk about it, and then we don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. It seems it just seems to be utterly bizarre. That's such a nice point to make that their Chinese our government must just be confused. Like, are are we supposed to talk to them? We are. We're not. Like, yeah, what are we, we're not we talking. There are no ongoing negotiations. Right. We're just like you know doing this. It's like yes. what the the point of doing something like this is to make a point. So what's the point? Right. If the point is intellectual property right protection, get together and thrash yes. out an agreement. Right. But if it's not, what's it for other than just looking tough? Yeah, which I think is our foreign policy with them right now, looking tough. An environmental policy, something that we have discussed, and especially within the context of, uh, of Florida, the red tide has now hit the western coast of um of Florida, I'm sorry, the eastern coast of Florida. And um, the red tide is, is as I understand it, uh, loads and loads of dead fish no that's what co- that's what it causes okay it's a giant red algal bloom ah. now this thing is you know it's it's endemic to the to the gulf uh it comes and goes there's been mm-hmm. horrible attacks of it before but the link to climate change is interesting because you've got two things going on again the science is incomplete not on the global warming side but on the links that basically you've got massive amounts of chicken production Chicken production puts phosphates Jeez. into the water. Uh-huh. Phosphates into the water stimulate the growth of these micro of, acts as a micronutrient, which massively overstimulates the growth of these algae, mm-hmm. such that the natural protections against this collapse, mm-hmm. and you end up with a systemic bloom. And that plus warming, El Nino effects, is just a perfect right. storm. Now, the reason to be worried about this is because this usually goes away. But this arrived early, months early, mm-hmm. stayed on the sort of the, the, the uh, golf course mm-hmm. and is now, even though things are cooling down, because mm-hmm. they're not really cooling down, it's spreading around to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So if this just ends up sitting there and staying there, what happens is it causes respiratory interference. Mm-hmm. It's uh, extremely dangerous for asthmatic people, for mm-hmm. old people. Essentially, mm-hmm. you, you close down beaches. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if you just take Florida and close down beaches. Yeah. What you've got is Vegas when you close down the casinos. Right. There's no point in being there. Yeah, I was just thinking that, that the impact on the tourism industry must be so significant. Exactly. And then they're going to run out of war. But that's a different story. Anyway, moving on from the happy things there, uh, other environmental news. Uh, While we were all watching Kavanaugh, it seems that we've decided to scrap any attempt to have fleet limits um, on, you know, miles per gallon for the U.S. fleet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a little report today that buried somewhere in the justification for this was a kind of, well, you know, let's face it, we're never going to hit the 1.5% target, the 2% target. So what the hell? A bunch of SUVs ain't going to make any difference. So we've officially signed up to a wonderful position where we're saying, all right, we don't really believe the science, mm-hmm. but we're going to accept the projections. Mm-hmm. And rather than use that as, oh my God, what are we doing? We're actually 
actually going to turn around and do the other thing and say, well, who cares? Let's just burn more. Right. I love that we've just totally given up on trying to improve. It is totally give up. And we're just like, well, we'll just, we don't know what else to do. So we'll just stay with what I just, we have. I just wonder if kind of, you know, the plutocrats have started buying large bits of it in land Canada. I, but seriously, like everyone should be moving to Nebraska. I well, think. Exactly. well, the thing yes. is, they already are. I mean, why do you think people are coming from Belize and Honduras and Nicaragua? Why are these places so-called failed states? Mm-hmm. A lot of it is driven by climate. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of micro-producers of coffee, for example, they got coffee rust. Mm-hmm. The crops collapsed. There's nowhere else for them to go. Then they get preyed on by gangs because essentially the whole economy is collapsed. Mm-hmm. So they start moving north. But then you know, this is going to affect us whether we believe it or not. And then it's interesting because, of course, big poultry farms are in the in the heartland, and then we see uh, this we see the impact on on the coasts for uh, for that. Um, I, I, there were a few other things I wanted to say about Kavanaugh, and I think maybe like sort of big picture Kavanaugh, which is to say, uh, so much ink has been spilled on this topic. But in thinking about where the roots of and and I use Kavanaugh to mean sort of where we are in this political moment, so much we're sown in the late 70s and early 80s and really thinking about Ronald Reagan and the Reagan administration. How dare administration. you bring the Gipper into this? I know, Grandpa. What has the Gipper got to do with this, he's, Kari, you, you know, communist? He's so uh, heartwarming. But thinking about the people who worked in his Department of Justice, thinking about the legislation that the Reagan administration brought forward, all the federal... Give me some names. Um, Give me some examples. Sam Alito sits on the mm. currently sits on the Supreme Court the expansion of executive power that was also um, really researched and explored under the Reagan administration and then really put into uh, put into place under the W Bush administration and also just thinking I mean the cultural wars were cultural wars of the 1980s and and this is being replayed and has continued to be a thread since that point. So it's interesting. I mean, one way to think about this was, you know, the the, ne- the winning Nixon strategy for bringing the Republicans back from the dead before Watergate mm-hmm. almost killed them again was the Southern strategy, which was basically the pedal-coded soft racism. Sure. And then that transmuted into the culture wars of the 1980s and into the 1990s. And then it seemed, both with the election of Bill Clinton and then the sort of brief moment of happiness and prosperity called the late 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. that a lot of that had gone and you started to get these books the emerging democratic majority yes, and how demography right. is going to decide everything and basically the republicans did what they're always good at they took a ton of money they got carte blanche to spend it and they reignited the culture wars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're seeing mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's not just back to to the gipper and the politics of that moment it's more or not more in addition to that it's sort of we've been here before you're right, right. in this reflection yeah. yeah and i think it's hey, am- clarence thomas remember exactly and it's amplified even more i think because and you know social media of course has that ability to just raise the everyone's temperature at by nine o'clock in the morning and we have nowhere else to go by five o'clock in the evening except to you know suddenly our blood pressure is through the roof and so i think that is the amplification effect yeah absolutely um and so it's not i mean I hate to always be social media, but it, that I think no, no, has it made does. it. No, no, I think it's very important. I mean, so one of the ones that I picked up actually, this is, this is not on our script. I'm going off script, but was the announcement of the casting of a South Korean actress in the new Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh, because apparently uh, Rowling was uh, replying to the fact that like she only basically employs white actors, uh-huh. and her characters are all stereotypically white or whatever. So she puts in this Korean actress, and she gets in like huge criticism for it because it's tokenism or it's this or it's racist etc etc and just this sheer outpouring on social media of genuine anger mm-hmm. people are very angry about mm-hmm. this stuff and it's a movie mm. it's a kids movie yeah 
Yeah. And it's like that. We're capable of like bl- blowing ourselves up over a kids' movie. Right. Well, that's what it represents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Well, yeah, it is and it isn't. It's still at the end of the day, it's the people who brought you Harry Potter. And that he's this, but Harry Potter is this cultural icon that it. I mean, it's like when when people talk about the good old days, and you think, well, the good old days were when everyone knew their place, right? And like women were quiet, and X was, you know, everything was the way it should be. And so I wonder if that's a bit of that, like yeah. Harry Potter. This is the way the world should look like. And exactly. If we mix it up yeah, at all, and, I, and exactly, yes. Then, but you know, but you also have not that I'm going to leap to the defense of Harry Potter yes. as a kind of anarcho-syndicalist commune or anything yeah. like that, right? But part of it was that sort of established authority decays. Mm-hmm. The evil is always amongst us, yes. like the righteous should stand up. These are timeless themes. I yeah. mean, you know, you know, th- there's n- there's nothing particularly offensive mm-hmm. about writing these themes or even representing these themes. And yet, to go back to your point about social media, we can make anything into a fight, mm-hmm. right? And it's and it. I mean, Harry Potter, a great example to what uh, what we just experienced over over the week. And there, it's is, there's no end in sight. Is the other thing. I mean, um, the talk now is that if the Democrats win the House, then um, the Democrats will immediately start impeachment of not only the president but of um, Judge Kavanaugh if he makes it to the bench. I I just don't. I can't go through that. As mm-hmm. I mean, it's it will further just completely divide this country. I yeah. just don't think it's a healthy thing for it's us not to, healthy. to I mean, be throwing it, around impeachment in the way we do. And exactly. I mean, it just it, what's ne- so th- go for the one whereby let's say Kavanaugh makes it through, or you get rid of Kavanaugh, and then you have apparently there's a woman, this yes. Catholic woman yep. who comes yep. in, right? She does it, blah blah blah, the rest of it, and they decide right, we're going to actually do the uh, Trump gets out of jail, you can pardon yourself card, right? Well, at some point, what goes around comes around, mm-hmm. and now you have a Democrat who can pardon himself, yeah. Right? Where does this stop? I mean, but that's exactly the the, the fear is that there's no there are no good individuals. You're in this meant kind to of be representing the interests yeah. of society and defending and protecting the Constitution of the United States, not vetoing each other to death. Yes, and not filibustering each other to, uh, from where exactly. we started from. That I'm never going to vote. But for then again, maybe the we're side. playing nostalgia, right? Yes. Maybe we're uh, actually yeah. saying things were better in the good old days, and yeah. maybe they weren't. It depends on who you were. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good point. Um, but so, speaking of elections, yes, not that we were, but I'll just segue into here. Uh, I, I did a, an explainer with uh, the economist John Friedman uh, mm-hmm. a little while ago uh, on the tax cuts. And there's a very important and very interesting election coming up in Brazil mm-hmm. uh, in the next few days. And there'll be two rounds of it. And they have a very Trump. They actually have a character on the right who makes Trump look like a sort of like mild mannered guy. Wow. Right. And then the guy who should be president, according uh-huh. to many people, is in jail because there's been a kind of constitutional coup d'etat. So if you want an unpacking of all that, yeah. Jim Green, who's a fabulous historian of Brazil here at Brown, uh, I sat down with him and did a podcast and that's going to be going up soon, a kind of Brazil explainer will do it before the first round of voting, oh, nice. after the second round of voting, and then, you know, at the end, um, we'll see what we've got. So not just the U.S. focus, yeah, not just yeah. Europe, but also Brazil into the But mix. although it does sound a little bit Rhode Island to have the person in jail running for office. I mean, really takes that's us, true. Takes us back does. to the Providence. You know, exactly and think of right. your buddy's funeral. What was it that people say? Oh, my God, he was a crook, but I loved yeah. him, right? You know, and, he gave yeah. me a turkey on Thanksgiving, though. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, thank you all. We will be back. I hope.